Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Pastor Fanu Ipe. Hey, Pastor Fanu, how are you? I'm doing great, Emily, and excited for another Mission Connect podcast. Yes, we have a guest on this podcast that is also going to be a special guest speaker as well at our Go Conference coming up on October 13th and 14th. Um, So we're going to introduce him shortly, but he's got an incredible testimony that we are going to hear um, in full at the Go Conference, but today he he really discusses with us. Um, he was he grew up as a Sikh and and uh, immigrated over to Canada, and so he really shares with us his story of discovering who the true God is. He understood God and supreme being, but today he's going to share with us his journey of discovering the real true God. You know, what I love about um, uh, the story is uh, we live in a nation, Emily, in Canada, where more and more uh, we're seeing people from all over the world coming and being a part of, uh, of our community, of our Canadian community. And, um, and I mm-hmm. think it's a strategic thing. I think God is doing that uh, so we can see people come to faith in Christ from parts of the world where it would be very difficult if they were just in their own cultural setting, their own family um, ties that they're in to be able to communicate the gospel to them. And uh, mm-hmm. so this story today uh, of, uh, of Ray, I mean, I think it's, it's incredible. And also, you know, uh, the, the Sikh community is a visible uh, community in our nation. Uh, mm-hmm. All from all the way from Vancouver, the West Coast, uh, to definitely in the Greater Toronto area, uh, you know a lot of people that are of that faith, and they're wonderful people. They really are. You know, they've got great family values, they've got great work ethic, but they don't have the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I think this story definitely highlights how. God is able to save people because I think sometimes when people look at uh, someone from a Sikh background, they, you know, with their turbans and their beards, and you know, their dress is a little different, and their their culture is very different from the you know just average Canadian culture. They're like, oh, I don't even think it's possible. And yet, mm-hmm. what we what we understand from the story, and we are encouraged from the story, is that hey, God is able to save. Doesn't matter who they are, where they're from, the gospel still works, and it saves lives. Yeah, and you know, they'll, our listeners will hear shortly on, on the podcast, Pastor Ray talks about this idea of caring to understand. And, you know, that's incredibly important in terms of our part of going, you know, we need to have that care to understand other cultures in order to be able to bridge that gap. So let's bring on Pastor Ray to the podcast. Let's do it. And we have a special guest on the Mission Connect podcast today. Friends, you know, one of the things that I love doing is uh, uh, bringing people on the uh, podcast that have uh, really uh, stories that are inspiring, uh, stories that inspire us as Christians uh, to really um, increase the temperature of our faith and how we live for God. You know, it's so easy sometimes to say, I'm a Christian, and I love Jesus, and I go to church, and you know, I'm waiting for the return of the Lord um, and not consider, well, wait a minute, what's my mission? And this is what this podcast is all about. It's called Mission Connect, connecting us with God's mission for our life. So today I've got a special guest on the podcast who has connected with his mission for his life. 
and whose story is so powerful. In fact, we're having him join us as one of our speakers at Go Conference this year. Remember, that's October 13th and 14th, Gospel Outreach Conference. Uh, GoConference.ca is the website. So I want to bring on Pastor Ray Narula. Pastor Ray, welcome to the Mission Connect podcast. Well, it's great to be with you, uh, Pastor Fanu, and uh, so excited and looking forward to this conference coming up. Uh, Pastor Ray, I've known you for many years now. Um, I've obviously uh, spoken at your church, uh, New City Church, a great church in the uh, Brantford uh, area here in Ontario. And, um, you know, I love your story. I love what God has done in your life. And this is really why you're at Go Conference. That's why we're doing this podcast as well. So tell us a little bit about... um, where you're from and what your background is. So I know you connected with God's mission for your life. We're going to talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes, but just start off with what it was like growing up, your background, your family, and uh, where Jesus found you uh, before you were saved. Sure. Well, I was born in New Delhi, India. And of course, India is uh, the second largest nation in the world next to China. And it comprises really of 80% of Hindus and a large population of Muslims. And then, of course, Sikhs are there. And then there are other multi-faiths that um, also encompass the great landscape of India. So born there, but however, came here at a very young age and raised primarily in Canada. And that's where we uh, had our upbringing and encounter with Jesus. Wow. So you're, you're from this background. Tell us a little bit, Pastor Ray. You know, one of the things that I think Canadian Christians need to probably uh, embrace and understand more of is what it's like for somebody that is from another country that grew up, you know, in your parents' case, for instance, they, they pretty much had their uh, entire upbringing, their schooling and all of that in another country, and they moved here uh, and started working here. And for you, uh, you grew up in Canada for the most part, but still you obviously came home to an Indian family. And I joke about this and uh, I don't know if you've seen, heard of this book. It's called The Coconut Generation, uh, Brown on the Outside, White on the Inside. It's a book that this person's written about this idea that I go out to school or, you know, just the world in general, the public arena, and I'm Canadian or I'm American. But a moment I walk across the threshold of my home, guess what? I'm back in India or I'm back in Africa or I'm back in South America, you know, because everything in, at home uh, is completely built around how it used to be back home. So I don't know, just talk to us uh, about what, what that's like. Yeah, I think that's the perfect analogy that you just painted. And really, uh, growing up in North America, obviously, we held on to our cultural values. And t- sometimes we The cultural values are suspended back in time when they left, even though homeland may be evolving. Mm -hmm. uh, The mindset of those who have migrated to uh, North America have not evolved as they have evolved maybe back home. So, yes, you go back home after you've been in North America cities and then you come back and you're back in your cultural nuances. You're, you know, you're you're uh, you're embracing your cultural honor systems and uh, value systems and all of that is there. So really growing up in a Sikh, that's what we embraced. We embraced what was generationally passed down to us from our forefathers. And in my case, obviously it was uh, a religion that was, it is monotheistic. Uh, it's not very old. It's about 500 years old, but it's, uh, it's everything it revolves around our faith. 
So culturally speaking, spiritually speaking, it evolves around this, this faith called Sikhs. And a lot of people don't really know what Sikhs are uh, until recently. There's been a growing knowledge because there's been a real migration of Sikhs coming into the Toronto area. There's a, a large contingency of, of a new population there. So there's a, a growing understanding. But in the past, you know, if you looked at a Sikh, you looked at uh, somebody from the Middle East or somebody who is even a terrorist, like a Taliban or something, they would kind of put them all in the same boat and say, hey, you know, that's them. And they would be afraid of them. Right? right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Pastor Ray, tell us what makes Sikhs different. What, what are some of the, um, you know, cultural uh, traits, characteristics um, that uh, are unique to uh, the Sikh religion and culture? Okay. Well, not to compare, but I think uh, just coming from my vantage point, if we're looking at what a Sikh is, um, you know, they are ambitious. They are, they are a minority. They're a minority. They're not a large percentage of the Indian population. However, they are a visible uh, percentage of the population. They were the backbone of the, of the Indian Army. Uh, they're involved in the world wars. So they have a real uh, defense mechanism built in them to defend their cause, defend their nation, and maybe defend their value system. So many, uh, if you know the history of Sikhism, uh, Sikhs, uh, the Sikh religion was birthed over, over you know, several years. And then as it was birthed, it, was, um, uh, it experienced a lot of hostility. And that hostility turned into martyrdom. So they, they learned to lay down their lives. They've learned to, uh, to, to relinquish their rights and give up for the, better, the, for the greater cause. So in this case, they became a part of the Indian Army to defend the nation as a whole. And so that comes from defending um, their value system. So uh, a Sikh will die before he renounces his faith. He... Wow. Um, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of that, and a lot of the history plays out. There's a Sikh museum, in 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 uh, right near the airport, just north of that. A lot of gurdwaras have a chapter or a room dedicated to a lot of the uh, history of the uh, the fighting that took place between the Muslims, the Mughals, and uh, and uh, so on in establishing the faith. And so that there was a lot of persecution. So we were taught to honor other religions. We were taught to respect other religions. The honor system is great, uh, to honor and respect others, not to speak bad about them. But at the same time, you never cross the line. You never cross over to the other side. You never convert. That's the unthinkable. Wow. So coming into a new country, and uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm asking these questions for the benefit of those who are from Canada, born and raised in Canada. And they're, you know, sometimes we don't appreciate what it's like to come in to a new setting where you're the minority. So coming into a new country, um, you're obviously, uh, you know, you are the minority. So you're doing your best to try to retain and defend, as you were saying, and secure your culture and re- your religious practices and making sure that the next generation is following through with that. So maybe talk to us about the tension that you face growing up even uh, between the, those two worlds and uh, maybe some of the ways that 
you know, for your family, try to keep you ingrained in that culture and some of the pressures from the other side of a new country. I'm not even talking Christianity necessarily, but just the Canadian culture drawing you, pulling at you to say, hey, what about this? What about trying something different? Right. So some of the stuff that I face personally um, as a young man growing up in Canada, like especially living in a smaller town, there's a, there's a segment of our life that we spend in smaller cities like Stratford and Woodstock. Right. You know, populations were in, their, in the, in the 20,000s at the time, and now they're not much more, but 20 to 30,000. And so those smaller settings, there's a lot of misunderstanding, like because we're visibly a minority. You know, there's a turban on our head or there is uh, some a mark of um, something on your head that distinguishes you besides the color of your skin. And there are other things like a bracelet on your hand. So then on Sunday, you're not going to church. You're going to a Gurdwara. Maybe it's at that time it was in a school. A school was rented. And so there there's differences in in worship approach. Um, I thought just because of a lack of knowledge, there were there's people misunderstood so there's a, a lot of explaining to do mm-hmm. and and there was a lot of uh hey no you know i was often misunderstood for a girl you know wow that, you know as, as a young as a young boy you know i'm six seven years old your facial features are still very tender and maybe uh you know, have a feminine tone to it and so you know you don't have the scruffy beard and whatever right. and so you know you walk into a boy's wash washroom and and heads are turning and thinking, hey, what is this young girl doing into the boys' washroom? And I often face that. I often face, you know, being misidentified. And so you, 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 you know, start carrying this uh, uh, insecurity about yourself and you start saying, you know, what are they thinking about me? You know, what do they think? Do they think I'm a guy? Do they think I'm a girl? Do they, what do they think I'm weird? And I've got this bonnet on my head. And uh, so you do, uh, you know, the assimilation process takes time because people need to understand who you are and where you're coming from. Mm. Wow. That's, I mean, see, those are some things that I, I, I imagine a lot of people wouldn't even think about, but, uh, but even at the most basic level of humanity and I guess gender identity and all of that uh, and, and feeling, uh, feeling misunderstood. Uh, and you know what? I mean, I, I also get why those boys in that washroom would have that question because they probably haven't been exposed to it. And so they're trying to figure it out themselves as well. Um, now, uh, you know, obviously you come to faith in Christ. Uh, you're a pastor today. You're, you were just telling me before we went on the air that, you know, I just came back from a few trips. You're traveling the world. You're preaching. So how did that happen? Let's talk about, uh, you know, without giving the whole narrative away, because I know you're going to share that at Go Conference. But just, you know, in a nutshell, what was the journey like to coming to faith in Christ uh, and, and not just the actual moment, but even what led to it. What were some of the initial beginning stages of your heart being open to considering Christ or the church or, or being, you know, being a believer? Sure. And I think that's a very important question that you just uh, asked, because um, really the day it happens is obviously the turning point. But leading up to it, the process, the, the working of the spirit in the heart of people that nobody can see, 
You know what I'm saying? Right. And the inner questions, the inner searching, the, you know, the inner probing. And I think really that is the journey that gets you to the point of, of, uh, of turning. And I think that is important because right now, you know, somebody may be listening or somebody may know somebody that mm -hmm. they're been witnessing to. And, you know, it takes several counts of witnessing. It takes several counts. Uh, I don't know if it's seven counts, but I won't throw numbers out there as, um, as the infinitive thing, but uh, definitive thing, but it takes time. And, and so that process for me uh, was really um, in my teenage years, in my years uh, of my final years of school and high school, really uh, when I cut my hair, I think that was really the uh, uh, defining moment when I took off my turban. I felt I had betrayed the God that I knew, the God that I understood, and I had stepped back and had uh, maybe gone into a secret service mode, so to speak. Wow. And, and then uh, inner, inner life, I was searching because I said, well, if, if there is a God, then who is he? Uh, I've kind of stepped back uh, from my identity. I've removed my turban. Who is this God? Can I know him? So uh, that became a long quest of searching out. Uh, God, who are you? Where are you? Uh, how do, would I ever know you? Uh, it, you know, if, if you are there, would you ever re reveal yourself to little old me? You know, who am I in the midst of, you know, 7 billion people? Right. And do you even have time for me? Do you mm -hmm. even have time to answer my questions? Do you even have time to uh, consider me in the equation? I'm not anybody with a big name or a big title or big family clan. But so, but I think in that search, God is faithful. Right. God is faithful, and He showed Himself to me that He cares about the single one in the, in a sea of seven point two billion people, and uh, and I think that's the personality of God. The personality of God is that uh, while we may see the evangelist preaching to tens of thousands of people, God is after the one, and He when He saves one. And he may be saving 10,000 of them, but he's saving them one at a time. They're not a numerical value to him. They are an individual soul value with a personality, and he knows them by name. And I think that's how the approach I sense thereafter that God drew nigh to me uh, and began to answer my questions and began to satisfy my quest. And so that I'm so grateful to him and, for. And was that the influence of others, or was that just you and God uh, in this sort of uh, you searching and God's coming to find you and seeking after you? Or, or was, was there individuals along the way that maybe, I don't know, sparked an interest or, you know, uh, caused that fire to burn a little brighter in, in you because of conversations they had with you? Was, was there, I guess my question is, was there human involvement or how much human involvement was there in uh, encouraging you to consider the, the claims of Christ? Certainly. And so when I started to begin to hunger and thirst and, and wanting to know who God was, I started to step out and ask my dad to, so I, you know, normally whoever's listening or whoever, you know, you go to the familiar base. So, you know, if, if you're searching in, in Islam or if you're searching in Hinduism or Catholicism, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to your familiar base of influencers and people that you know. So I asked my dad, I said, dad, introduce me to some of the temple priests. They were called ragis. Introduce me to them because I got some serious questions to ask them. 
Mm-hmm. So my dad made these appointments. He knew some of them uh, personally, and we would meet with them, and then they would give me interview time, and I would ask the questions about who God is and where is he and how can I know him. So then they would take me on that journey. So mm-hmm. I went through those steps. I went through that journey of searching out in my comfort zone or my familiar zone as a Sikh. But when that didn't answer or satisfy my thirst or my quest, then obviously uh, God had something bigger in plan. And then what I didn't ask for, he knew what I needed and he sent somebody in my pathway. And he sent somebody in my pathway, uh, totally out of the box, uh, you know, out of my circle of influence. And uh, somebody who was in, uh, from an Irish background, but yet grew up in Canada and who was saved as a young man. And it was his contact and his his love for Jesus that we just, you know, we would say coincidence, but we know it was God incident. Yes. God packaged it together and he put us together. And then as we got talking and found out that we had a both a common common thread and the common thread was we were both religious so to speak he believed Mm -hmm. in god i believed in god only thing was he was satisfied where he was and i was still searching and seeking to uh to get to the place where he was and that was the pull his arrival his satisfaction his his um being so sure of Mm -hmm. uh, where he was and and his confidence level it was the magnet that drew me closer to him to ask him the questions who was not a professional, who was just what we would call somebody, a layman, somebody who's a believer, who loved God and just displayed it on a day-to-day basis. So he wasn't this super evangelist that was, uh, you know, well-versed in apologetics and answered every question. And so it wasn't necessarily an intellectual thing is what you're saying. It was more of a relational um, journey of discovering the God that this person was so confident in and believed in and had so much assurance in. And, uh, and that sort of got you on the journey. That's it. I mean, no, he, he wasn't somebody who had a mega ministry or TV ministry, but what he had was the spirit of God. Wow. And I think sometimes as believers, we discount the fact that we carry, we carry and host the presence of the Lord. And so when we're around, like there was something about him that was attractive. It, and it wasn't articulated in just his answers. It was, a, it was articulated in just his lifestyle. There was a level of trust that you sense. You sense a measure of peace. You sense a measure of assurance just being around him that, hey, this guy was at peace. Yeah, on the outside, he was a normal human being. Uh, you know, he drank uh, juice and he you know, whatever, whatever. But, uh, but there was on the spiritual aura, he had a sense of peace, a sense of assurance about him that was attractive. And I think we believers host the presence of God. We believers carry the presence of God. And that in itself is a working force on our behalf, coupled with our testimony of words. There's a testimony of presence. And I think that's, that's powerful. Yeah, I think those two coupled together is what really drew me. A testimony of presence and a testimony of words. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, So, Pastor Ray, obviously, today you are a Christian, a believer, a pastor. Uh, Just sort of give us a, you know, 10,000 feet overview of what that was like to finally make that moment of decision and, uh, you know, what the consequence was 
when it came to uh, how your family reacted to that? Okay. Uh, well, you know, you never know when God's going to answer, right? So I think it was the unexpected happened on, uh, on a day that I did not expect. You know, on a day that I was invited to church, I'd gone to youth meetings, but I'd never been to a Sunday service. I think the Lord knew I probably had one shot at it. Uh, it was a hard, hard deal getting out of the door. We'll talk about it at the Gold Conference. Yeah. But um, it was that Sunday morning um, that uh, when the appeal came, uh, that the presence of God was heavy upon me, and he drew me to the altar. And I think it was, it was that was the turning point. Even I think I didn't know all that was really taking place because, you know, when the presence of God draws you, I mean, you see people getting touched by the spirit of God and they're overwhelmed. Right. You know, like how do we finite human beings try to figure out what is infinitely taking place? Uh, you know what, when eternity touches us in time, how do we truly, how do we truly articulate what's going on? You know, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's a mega process. Mm. Uh, that the Spirit of God is working. So I still remember that day, still remember walking to the altar, still remember, you know, all the uh, details of praying and going through the process and then looking back and saying, wow, you know, how God worked to uh, to draw me to himself. Really, I was lost. You know, we say we find, how did Jesus find you? And I think Jesus really finds us. Wow. He puts all the pieces. He lines up the people. And he, he brings us to a place where he can speak to us. As Hosea says, he said, I will lure her into the wilderness, and there I will speak tenderly to her. Mm. And I think God knows how to bring us to a place to speak into us. And he did speak to us. It cost me. It cost me uh, not as much as it may have cost some people today. With, you hear the stories about ISIS. But uh, nevertheless, as a young man in North America, it cost me my family for a number of years. But uh, thankfully, um, God has worked out even those details today. Wow. So just to wrap up, Pastor Ray, um, you know, if you're talking to Christians today that are listening to us, um, why would you say that it's important for them to be engaged in God's mission, which is really to reconcile the world to himself? And, um, you know, I, I, what would you, how would you encourage somebody that's, I don't know, maybe afraid, maybe unsure, uncertain. I'm not qualified. I'm not educated. I'm not, I don't have a title, a degree. I don't have the know-how to, to be able to reach someone like, you know, like yourself from a, say from a Sikh background or a Muslim background, or a Hindu background, it doesn't matter what background it is, but it's different from me. Uh, number one, how would you encourage, what would you say to them? Is their mandate from God? Is it a mandate? And number two, uh, how would you inspire them to take some, even some baby step, steps, if I can put it that way, uh, that will get them to that place where they can be the light and they can hopefully, as that young man did for you, uh, share Christ's love uh, with someone and lead them to faith in Christ? Yeah. Well, I think that's why you're having this great conference that you were hosting for the, the last number of years. It, it, there is a command, right? Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the command of the commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, right? And making right. disciples. So, uh, and I commend you for that, for what you're doing. 
And I think we have a command. And I think secondly, Matthew 24 talks about that the end will not come until the gospel is preached to the ends of the earth. And we know we've got a big job to do in preaching the gospel to the ends of the earth and maybe even to the ends of Canada. The whole landscape of people that are new migrants who've never heard Jesus for the very first time. And I think the apprehension maybe uh, somebody who's Canadian or, or naturally born here may have in reaching out to somebody else of a different ethnicity or culture or, you know, visible minority is the strangeness of culture. The strangeness. How do you bridge the gap? How do you do it? Well, simply, hospitality. Seeks mm-hmm. love hospitality. And, you know, they're approachable people. They're not... Um, they may not smile all the time, but uh, they're very approachable. And if you approached them and greeted them, they would feel so welcomed. And especially if you met them in a mall or met them in a, you know, a corner store or something, and you said, hey, my name is uh, Tom or Sarah or whatever, and you were a Canadian, they would feel elated that they were being introduced or welcomed to by a fellow Canadian and they're very hospitable. They would probably invite them over. And if you were to start talking about God to them, I think their level of respect for you right away would go up a notch because Sikhs like and respect people who are godly per se. Mm. And they like conversations. They say, oh, he's a, he's a godly person. You know, he talks about God. So they, have a, uh, they, uh, they like that. Now, to convert is another thing. But to get them to understand that you believe in God and that you love God, I think uh, is, is a great milestone in the journey. And really sharing your story, sharing what Jesus did for you is a great beginning. And I mean, every man has a testimony. You may not have a scholarly degree, but if Jesus has touched your life, you can, you've got a personal story. You can share your story. And that's what the Holy Spirit will use and drive into their hearts. And over time, I think that's really where the fruit comes. One sows, another one waters, and God gives the increase. Wow. Well, that's powerful. And I hope all of you that are listening, are um, you, you've been encouraged, you've been inspired, and uh, you know, practice hospitality. It's one of those things, I guess, that anyone can do, uh, no matter where you're placed and how, you, how God connects you to people. Uh, there's an opportunity to be hospitable. There's an opportunity to... Uh, genuinely care uh, about people and be, be uh, I think there's also value in being genuinely curious uh, to understand, caring to understand another person and their culture and their background. I think sometimes we get into trouble because we're constantly, especially, uh, you know, Pastor Ray, when we talk about an outreach team or an evangelism team of a church, you know, they get out there on the streets, they're pounding the streets, ready to tell people what they want them to know as opposed to saying, hey, I'd like to get to know you. And that can only happen in a relational setting. Uh, and, and I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that people go out on the streets and give out tracts that, uh, that God can't use that. I'm simply saying that that's not the only way. And in fact, I think most times what's uh, more effective in living life as, as a Christian is to become relational uh, with the people that God's placed in your circle of influence. So friends, again, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Remember uh, to um, join us at Go Conference. The website is goconference.ca. Our early bird rate is uh, done as of September the 30th. So check it out, get your ticket, share this podcast with a few friends, share, share it with a few friends that you believe need to connect uh, with God's mission for their life and, and that God needs to use them 
uh, to communicate the gospel. Pastor Ray, thank you again for being on this podcast. And we're super excited to have you at Go Conference again this year. Thank you very much. I appreciate being with you. God bless. God bless you all. Thanks a lot. Wow, that was an incredible, incredible story and journey really that he took us along in that podcast. You know, I love how he just, he really spoke about, you know, that person that came alongside of him in his journey, how God had placed him there at the right time in the right moment. And what he recognized in that person was their um, assurance in God that they, um, you know, were sure about the God they served, whereas he kind of always, you know, knew that there was a God but felt unfulfilled in the God that he served as a Sikh. And, you know, that's a testimony of how we live our lives. And when we live missionally, we are showing people who Christ is. So that was incredibly powerful. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, I think it's an encouragement to every one of us. If you're listening to us right now, I want you to know that God can use you to communicate the gospel. God can use you on mission to fulfill the Mm -hmm. great commission of Christ. And it doesn't matter who the person is, as long as you can genuinely care for them, genuinely be compassionate right. towards them and, uh, and live your life in a way that Christ is glorified, uh, God will give mm-hmm. you the opportunity uh, to be able to communicate the gospel to them. So listen, I mean, this is great, but friend, listen, you need to be at the Go Conference. If you heard the story yes. and you're like, listen, <laughs> I would love to be there in person to hear all of Ray's story and his best practices, his tips, his you know, keys, if you will, on how to communicate the gospel mm-hmm. to people from a Sikh background and people from other religious backgrounds as well. So make it out, go conference. It's October 13th and 14th. We're actually running out of space. We're um, pushing 1600 people now, which is wow. already coming towards the end of our limit there. So as soon as you hear this podcast, jump on the website. Hopefully the tickets are still available. Goconference.ca and uh, try to do your best to be there. Uh, both days of Friday, October 13th, and the Saturday, October 14th, 2017. Thanks again for listening. As always, please share this podcast with your friends and family. Let them also uh, take advantage of all the great content we have on the podcast. Also, hit subscribe. And if you have any questions, make sure you email us at missionconnect at passiontoreach.com. Thanks again. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.